a legend in the field of sports data is doing something remarkable for women's college basketball. And we are here to tell you about it first. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Women's Basketball, brought to you by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, thanking you for making us your first listen every day. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube among them. And of course, it's not just me on this team. It's the whole team bringing you all the women's basketball coverage at thenexthoops.com. $9 a month, $72 a year. Subscribe for over 100 reported pieces on the game of women's basketball. And our guest here today, and we're going to talk about segment one is about Sean Foreman's origin story, how he ended up here, how he has provided, uh, and you'll forgive me for saying so, Sean, a great gift that has changed in my eyes, the way people come to understand the games that I care about, and more significantly, the way in which those of us here in sports media do the work itself. But to talk about Sean's arc to this present day here in segment one is something that's important for, I think, everyone here in the listening audience to understand. Segment two, we're going to talk about what it means that today, today, women's college basketball is available as part of the sports reference pantheon of data. And so, Sean, welcome to the show. I, I want to just start out by the following. I was having breakfast with my younger daughter this morning, and I was excited about the fact that we didn't get to chat about this. And she said, you know, well, okay, so what is it? I said, well, well, so it started with baseball reference. Well, what's baseball reference? So I went down to my basement, and I brought up an old copy of the baseball encyclopedia. And I'm saying, all right, Duke Snyder was Pa Ira's favorite player. Well, we got to flip all the way to the S's. We got to look to see. And these are basic stats. These are just basic. You can't compare. How do you compare him to Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle? Well, not so easily. Well, how do you see? He had 40 home runs five years in a row. Who else has done that? Well, you can't see any of that. I said, Sean Foreman came along and changed forever all of those understandings. Take me through when you knew this was more than just a CD-ROM side project that you're working on instead of uh, doing your schoolwork, which is something I can definitely relate to, and this became something you thought could be a going concern. Well, I mean, it's been a very long trip to get to where we're at right now. I've been doing this, I think Baseball Reference launched 23 years ago, uh, about earlier, maybe two or three weeks ago, it was our 23rd anniversary. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, you know, I, I was doing it on the side. I love web design. I, um, I always loved sports statistics. My dad was a football coach and in junior high, I would help him collect the, I'd do the tackle chart for the high school team and, and, uh, and help compile stats and, and, uh, later played for him. And, and so it, it's, um, it's always been something I've loved. And I, I, um, you know, I thought the web would be a great way to make an encyclopedia because for exactly what you described, if I'm on Duke Snyder, looking at Duke Snyder uh, and I want to see his teammates, I'd have to leaf through about a thousand pages to get through the Dodgers uh, 
uh, roster page to see, and then leaf back to see, you know, how many stats, how many, uh, how many home runs Gil Hodges had, or something, you know, something right. like that. So, so it was, um, you know, it felt like hyperlinking and 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 creating a really interconnected database of uh, sports stats would just be a lot of fun to do, and I think it would be interesting. I. I actually did it on the side for six years, so I just kind of, uh, you know, I joke we've just never quit uh, quit doing it, and so uh, thankfully other people enjoy it, like yourself enjoy it as well, and so it's just kind of really grown organically, uh, just one day after another for the last 23 years to get to where we are now. You know, and again, I, and I warned you about this before we came on the air, like to, to lavish this phrase, I have said this, I have made this very public, I will not stop saying it until it happens, you belong in the Baseball Hall of Fame for what you have done. And, 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 I, and I say that not in any sort of hyperbole. I'm saying this as a sports journalist, you know, my, my arc, and I, I, we've known each other a long time, so you know, like my arc was when you're doing this, I'm just getting out of school. I'm just starting in this work. So for the last 23 years, I have used it not just as somebody who cares about the game of baseball and then over time have been able to basketball, football, you know, men's and women's sports, as you guys have continued to expand. But it changes for me the stories I'm able to tell. The fact that I'm able to go and say, wow, that seems incredible. Well, I can go to Sports Reference. I can run a search. I can find out that, oh, it is. It's incredible. Only three people have ever done that. Or, oh, my God, nobody has ever done that before. Was there... Was there a moment in time where you made that intuitive leap, not just from, wow, this makes it easier because I can click mm -hmm. on the Brooklyn Dodgers and I just don't need to know that Gil Hodges hit 370 home runs by virtue of being raised by my father, you know, and instead to know, wow, this is a means of comparison. This is a means for understanding players in context. Yeah, I mean that's always been a an underlying goal of what yeah, that's we've always felt that was very important. You know, anything we do, uh, we try to excuse me, try to present the context around it, and you know the stats we focus on are very context dependent. OPS plus on baseball, you know, the scouting reports we have on the soccer site, the uh, you know everything everything we do is trying to. I, I like to think of it as we answer questions for users about the players that or teams that they're interested in. And so it's really like, how will this be useful? What kind of questions can this answer? I mean, we get we get hundreds of, uh, of emails from users every month. We answer them all. We log them all. If there are good ideas in there, we put them in our uh, backlog uh, for our database of ideas and stuff like that. So it's, you know, it, it's it's I think being in tune with the users, being a use, users ourselves uh, makes us, um, you know, hopefully makes the product ever more useful and, and, and more satisfying to use. When I go to the site, and and this is baseball references, any of it, there's an element of fun, too, that you bring to it um, in terms of nicknames, in terms of the fact that, you know, I'm in the baseball side. There is Keith Hernandez with his mustache having his own page about it. Right, right. Is that coming from you? Is that coming from just like a group of people who, and, and this is sort of what it's always been for me, you guys love the history behind it, not just the raw numbers themselves, not just like a compilation exercise, but it seems like a like an exercise in joy to me. I, yeah, it definitely is. We, um, you know, I, I it, it probably, you know, hopefully I, I um, give people the room to do those things. And, and I think I do. We, um, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's gotten to the point now where, um, you know, if, if something comes out like Madison Bumgarner's uh, doing rodeo uh, on the weekends, uh, you know, that will uh, 
throw his page in there and put his alias on his page and stuff and, and stuff like that uh, without even you know me, me having to to prompt somebody to do that. So there's there are a number of things like that. I think um, you know I think there's a, a a perception sometimes that the statisticians and the historians are kind of snooty and they're like you know we don't we hate the fun in the game we don't want you know any of that and so we you know, we, we, we definitely lean the other direction and, um, you know, and try to try to have some fun with the thing with things like that. Um, you know, just we, we, we recently added progressive carries uh, to our soccer site as a, you know, a stat. And so to denounce that, we pretended to do like a signing ceremony for uh, a, you know, on our Twitter account to uh, to announce that for uh, uh, and stuff like that. So I, I think we definitely try to have fun. Um, you know, and I, I, it's, you know, our, our company meetings are always uh, a joy. We're a remote company, but when we get together, we have a good time and, and go to games and stuff like that. So I, I think we enjoy, legitimately enjoy working with each other. And people stick around. And, and I am just going to point out, um, it, and this is important, you need to subscribe to Play Index. I can't stress that enough. Right. Well, stat, stat head now. It's called stat head now. You're you're an old you're old school, Howard, because you you call it play index. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's called stat. It's on stathead.com. But yeah. Look, Sean, I used to sponsor individual pages. I you know I go I go way back with you guys. But yes, um, subscribe to Stathead. Make sure you're doing it because it's not even just a question of figuring out context within individual players. But I discover things through Stathead that end up informing stories. I end up looking yeah. and seeing players who I didn't realize were necessarily in the company of X, Y, and Z. I wrote, I wrote a story about Han Shu last year on the WNBA side okay. where it was something that I discovered through looking at Han Shu's site. And I will just be honest, like full disclosure, not even in the course of doing my work, but because what I do in my own time is I look up Honshu stats. It's it's just you know clearly the way and I mean it's why I was so cool. Obviously growing up in school, um, me, me too. So yeah. I, 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 we are like minded here. All right, I, I want to talk about what this means for women's sports specifically because it's a really big deal. Training this lens on women's sports. I do first want to talk to the people at home about prize picks. All right, prize picks is daily fantasy but it's daily fantasy in a way that you're not going up against other people you are going up against yourself how does it work you pick two to six players and if they go score more or less than the prize pitch possession projection rather you either can lose or win you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry prize pitch offers projections on any sport that you watch you know in the same way that sports reference matters to me what matters to me at prize pitch is that Equality is a part of what they do. So, yeah, it's NBA, but it's also WNBA. Is it men's college basketball? Yes, it's also women's college basketball. They have MLS. Yes, they also have National Women's Soccer League. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals, and they currently operate in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePitch app or go to prizepitch.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% Instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize pitch will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize pitch will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up. It's free money for an instant deposit match 
up to $100. That is prize picks. All right. So baseball has always been data numbers. We can go back to Alan Roth and the Brooklyn Dodgers. You can go back further. Branch Rickey hired a statistician when he was still with the St. Louis Browns over 100 years ago. Women's sports, we have had this yawning chasm, this lack of understanding. I'm just going to kind of give you sort of as a side story about my own experience. I'm covering the 2016 NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Brianna Stewart is on the cusp of winning her fourth national title and most outstanding player in the process. And I have, and we don't have to mention names, but the su- subscription to that time, the only thing going, and it was a very difficult to navigate site. It made me yearn for sports reference on a, re- on a daily basis. And it had an outage in March. So suddenly they're not answering emails. They're not responding to everything. I'm writing about Brianna Stewart and I'm trying to give a context for what she's doing. And it's like, how is Brianna Stewart doing? Great. How does it compare? It's probably, probably amazing. And that's it. And that's, that's 2016, Sean. That is less than seven years ago. How do we get from there to where we are today, where you have site, you have a site here that has everything back to 09, 2010. And as I understand it, and again, it makes sense based on everything you guys do. This is just the beginning of gathering data. So take me through that. Take me through that journey for you. Sure. We, um, uh, I mean, there are several things that go into that. We, um, uh, among our company values is, is data democratization. And so we view that in a couple different ways. One of it is, you know, we make our site very easy to use. You can download information off our site. Uh, you can share it with others, you know, so we want to make it freely available to the public. Uh, and there's very little that's not, you know, the stat head subscription aside, everything is available and, and you can put it into Excel or, you know, however you want to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of that is that we want to cover uh, sports that have been neglected and, and you know, sometimes by us uh, and and uh, sports that have not been given the coverage that they probably sh- that they should have been given uh, over the last uh, you know decades. And so, you know, part of that we've uh, we've dramatically expanded our, our WNBA site right now is pretty much on par with our NBA site. It's almost almost equivalent. There are a few data sets here or there that we're missing that we need to fill in, but it's it's almost the exact same level of coverage as our NBA site. Can I, uh, we, and I'm sorry to interrupt this, but I think it's really important that people understand the WNBA site is is indispensable at this point. Like I just, just a brief story, if you forgive me for saying so, but again, sure. like, people need to understand how and why this matters, okay? Um, Elena Deladon, in her first 10 games in the 2015 season, had a player efficiency rating of 40.6. It was incredible. How does it compare? I don't know at the time. I can't tell you. I can go and say, well, here's what LeBron James did over any 10 games in his entire career. I now, because of sports reference, can compare these spans. I now, because of sports reference, can see where things are in context. And so in that same way that I'm able to now turn around and say, wow, NECA of in 2016 was not just efficient from the field. She was the most efficient from the field. If you go by effective field goal percentage from anyone in WNBA history and anyone in NBA history, those types of understandings are baked into the work that you're doing. But so go ahead. So, so you've got WNBA is 
grown by leaps and bounds for you guys over the last couple of years. Yeah, and similarly, we uh, we recently switched data providers on our soccer side so we could get coverage for eight uh, women's leagues around the world. So we have full coverage for NWSL, uh, Frolin Bundesliga, Women's Super League, Women's Champions League, Women's World Cup, all of that. So, um, and so that that's become a real company focus for us. And so the Negro League project that we launched last uh, two summers ago was another uh, example of that of, of bringing stats for. Um, you know, ignored athletes that, that we wanted to have on the site. So all of those things, uh, and now women's college basketball is the next thing uh, we've trained our eyes on. So this was a, you know, a seven month project uh, collecting. We um, very happy to work with Genius Sports, uh, who's the official data provider for the NCAA. And they provided us with a lot of historical data uh, around women's college basketball. Uh, and so that was the start of the process. And then from there, you know, we had to build out all the, had to start collecting, uh, we're not quite hundred percent there, but start collecting conference players of the year, start collecting all the coaching information, start collecting all the tourney games. Um, and so we've launched, what we've launched with is basically 13, 14 years of, uh, 14 seasons of data, uh, with full game logs, uh, you know, full player rosters, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically all the information that we have on the men's side. Uh, we're still filling in a few gaps here or there, and there may be a few rough. We had an issue with our update this morning, so if you're on the site this morning, a few things may be missing, but we should get those back in a, in a minute or two. But um, so it's, but yeah, we're, our goal is to have you know completely equal uh, delivery of the women's side and the men's side uh, that we have in college basketball. And so you know, another big uh, part of our uh, company values is respect, and so for the athletes, we don't. Um, you know, we, we certainly don't want to do anything that presents us as less than the men's side. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, if a user sees something that doesn't quite sit right with them, I'd really encourage them to tell us. And, uh, you know, we can we can take a look at it and probably probably make a fix if, if, if you see something that looks uh, um, that you feel is hitting wrong there. But it's, you know, all of that is a is a important company value to us. And, and I also think it's, you know, good business sense. I think the women's game is growing dramatically. Uh, and so I, you know, I think in the next, you know, five to 10 years, it's going to be a pretty significant, you know, if not equal, pretty significant proportion of the men's, uh, interest as well. And, and so, um, you know, so we're, we're, we're doing it for, uh, for business reasons as well. So, um, so yeah, that's going to continue to be something we focus on. I think, you know, we're hoping to launch a softball site at some point, women's, uh, NCAA softball at some point. And. So, you know, all these things are, are tying together and, and, you know, continue to be areas of growth for us. So, by the way, two things. One, parenthetically to what Sean said, you should email if you see stuff because I, I, I've sent you guys, I don't know, a couple of dozen <laughs> emails through the year. Sure. And the average response time is like, three minutes like it's ridiculous <laughs> that's a little an exaggeration but yeah I, <laughs> it's absurd like i don't i don't, I don't want to open it, well, well I'm, I'm gonna have to give aiden a big raise then if he's if aiden and katie are responding in three minutes we're gonna have to probably have to <laughs> fair, salaries, but, fair enough um, but, but yeah by all means do it but but the other part of it is is just when and i'll use again the comfort the conversation the conversation around the sport when Sabrina Ionescu was having the type of career she was having at Oregon, there were a lot of people who compared her favorably, unfavorably, depending on it, to Sue Bird. Sue Bird might as well have done what she did in the dark ages, even though it was the 21st century. 
Right. You can't get those numbers so easily. And so having that type of historical reach, I feel like a lot of times people are upset that when people are in the women's basketball space, they compare to men. And there are loads of reasons for that. And some of them are, are problematic. Some of them are as simple as those numbers aren't there. You right. can't go back and even get Sue Bird, like not somebody who did it in the shadows, you know? Right. Right. And so when people go to sports reference, it's real easy, right, to just look and say, oh, it's clickable. Oh, they must have just gotten it. There must have been an easy data collection. It's not an easy data collection. Right. So how do you go about trying and getting these numbers when society-wide we have had a greater emphasis on making sure we know what the numbers are on the men's side and some of the women's side stuff, it's just the stuff exists, but in somebody's attic, you know? Right. Right. Well, it, it's, I mean, it's a combination of efforts. We're, we're pretty dogged in terms of how we, uh, how we collect this information. So we're, we're, um, you know, I, there are a couple of things. So, you know, I, I mentioned the agreement with genius. So that has taken us back to 09, 10. And so we're, we're, we're working on some other sources that we expect will get us back to 0203 um, before the tourney. We're hoping if we can, wow. if we can clean out all the, we can, there are a few uh, kinks here and there, but if we can, we can get that aligned, you know, like 99 and a half percent accurate and, mm -hmm. and feel good about it, we'll, we'll launch with that and then fill it out. But, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff we have uh, on the men's side, for instance, there's a gentleman, Dave Quinn, who uh, loved men's college basketball, and he just entered da data into spreadsheets from like the 60s, 70s, 50s. Uh, and, you know, we, um, you know, I think our reputation is such that people know that we'll value what they do, we'll treat it well, we'll give them a lot of credit for what they do, we'll pay them if, if that's appropriate for, uh, for, for the data that they provide. And so we, we have dozens of people who have come at who who we find through various sources or who reach out to us and say hey i have this data would you be interested in it, in it? and uh and and uh, it finds its way onto our site so we recently i mean this is really esoteric but um though my data director would probably disagree with me we we just got uh, uh, uh game logs for the nbl from um from not the australian league but the 1940s uh pro basketball league uh that like George Mikan started in. And so he's super excited about that. We're probably at some point in the next year are going to get that onto the site. We've also collected ABL uh, stats uh, from somebody who's, who's collected those. And so we hope to add, you know, pre WNBA professional women's uh, data as well. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we, we really want to take the, uh, you know, the women's side back to 81, 82. And, uh, and when they, when they started playing in division one, and, uh, you know, and see if we can get close to a complete history. I don't think we'll get game logs probably, but I think we, I think it's certainly possible we can get season stats. Um, you know, a I lot mean, of our I mean, just to that point, right. I, I mean, retro sheet is what right. did a lot of the game by game on the baseball side. So again, the things that we kind of take for granted now, and I just think that's important for those in the women's sports space to understand that it took that kind of hard work. I, I would even right. just put out a, put out a call. You know, we do a lot of work about the WBL, about the professional league that ran from the late 1970s up to 1981. You know, if you have these numbers, get in right. touch with Sports Reference. Right. Because they will they will give it a good home. I, I want to talk a little bit more about that and about sure. 
your legacy and day to day um, and, and, and what it all means. I do mm-hmm. first want to talk about, and those who have listened for a long time know how much I love to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious treat without all the fat and calories. I, I mean, I, I live on them. I go, I do broadcasts up at Bard at my alma mater. And so, all right, what am I going to do? I'm going to eat a Built Bar on my way up. I'm going to eat a Built Bar between the men's and women's games. Uh, and the, after the doubleheader is over, I'm eating a Built Bar once again with my tea to try and get my voice back. Um, it's because it is made with real chocolate, but it's 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and four grams of net sugar. So you don't have to wait around to get a box anymore. I get them at Built.com, but you can go to your nearest Walmart in the pharmacy section, pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Sam's Club has brownie batter and churro. Brownie batter is my wife's favorite. Churro is one that I love. Make sure you go get them. Built.com is the other way to do it. And make sure when you eat your Built Bar that you tell whoever's around, whoever's nearby, that Grandma Myrna sent you. So, Sean, I was covering Seton Hall versus DePaul women's basketball this past week. And at halftime, I was wandering around at Walsh Gymnasium, which is a beautiful, historic place, uh, and, and which I love very much. And they had the plaque, they had the trophy, the 1952-53 team that won the NIT. And I was able to go right to your site. That's what I did. I went back to my seat, went to your site, and read all about that season, about Walter Dukes, who went on to the NBA, about Richie Regan, for whom the place is named after. And, and, and I bring that up just because it's one of a, an almost incalculable number of places where you're not just documenting stats, but you're able to bring history to life in a way that preserves these people's memories. As a, yeah. a historian, that matters to me a great deal. And I guess I wonder, even beyond just the numbers, what's been the most gratifying conversation you've had with someone who said, hey, you've been able to bring this to life. You've helped, yeah. helped bring this memory to life. Uh, we've had many, many uh, conversations like that. Um, you know, a couple that come to mind, we, um, you know, we get got a lot of emails from relatives who have looked up their, you know, their grandfather, their great grandfather, their uncles on, you know, on baseball reference, we have minor league stats going back to the 1800s. And, you know, even like class D, you know, um, triple I league, you know, somebody playing in Clorinda, Iowa, uh, in 1911. Um, And so, you know, we've had a number of conversations like that. The one that I kind of have posted outside my office is uh, I got a letter from a a gentleman I think was like 85 years old. And he he, he wrote to thank us because he had found his page on Baseball Reference. He was a minor league player. And uh, he had looked at his rosters and remembered the names of all of his teammates from when he was, you know, 22 years old. And was able to go on Facebook and actually found a number of them and reconnected with them and stuff. Oh, and wow. so that, that that felt really really meaningful and, and uh, really gratifying that uh, you know that that was the case. So it's not you know it's not the uh, you know it's great when Cal Ripken tells you that he's been on the site and looked at stuff and things like that. But th- you know those are the ones that I you know we we really you know that that value of respect that you know we're the we're the home for a lot of these people's statistical legacies and in, in, in a sense. 
and uh, and so we, we we you know we try to treat that with respect and, and make sure that we're uh, we're doing it in a, in a good way. Well, like I said, I have been delighted. It is <laughs> like my daughter said to me this morning, "Your birthday is on Friday. This is kind of like a birthday present for you to me." And um, it is, it is. And I would say I value the time I spend with my family and I spend a lot of time with them. But if, um, if I really take a hard look at my life, I've probably spent just as much time at sportsreference.com. <laughs> and so I, I can definitely say that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure of it. Well, Sean, truly, truly what you're doing here, it belongs in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It belongs in, by the time it's said and done, every Hall of Fame you can imagine. And so for you to be training your eye on women's sports like this means everything. And so I encourage everyone to go subscribe to StatHead immediately and make sure you are following everything that's happening and everything that is about to happen over at sportsreference.com. Thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Uh, To our listeners, Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA, which, by the way, is another, it's a basketball league, but it's for men. Um, Sean, you guys should look into that. Do you guys have any men's basketball stats? Is that something you do? We, 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 we do have the NBA and, and men's college basketball, but not, uh, yeah, not, not, not this league, not yet. Up, we, we, up and coming. Been, the three, the three, uh, three on three leagues actually been, been pushing us to try and carry them, but we, we haven't, we've resisted so far. It's a matter of time, I feel like. But so every game to game NBA is every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So follow Dame to Dame on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, come join us tomorrow and six days a week where we cover women's basketball here at Locked On Women's Basketball. I'll be with you again tomorrow. Until then, I'm Howard Meddahl wishing you a wonderful Wednesday. If you want to know where I'll be, I'll be at Sports Reference. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. 